Amen. And amen. Tonight we're going to get into the Word, and uh, uh, for those of you with kiddos, um, Devin and Diana were not able to be here tonight. Little Caroline and uh, Joshy weren't feeling too well tonight, so be praying for them, um, and all you kids, um, you get to listen to me. I may not be as fun. <laughs> I can be as fun, but... Uh, um, so... Tonight, tonight I'm going to share something that God has just been stirring up with me and me in the last few weeks, maybe the last month, okay? Um, it's kind of a uh, interesting journey that God sends me on sometimes, and um, sometimes it freaks me out, to be quite honest with you. Um, sometimes things I feel him stirring in me, uh, things I feel like he's uh, pulling out of me or showing me, um, kind of freak me out. And sometimes I sit and I talk to Beth about them and she looks at me and she says, you're freaking me out. Um, it's a little bit of that. And, uh, but you know, I feel like that's, that's kind of what the journey that God has me on. And that's the, that's what I want to be able to be a part of is to go into those scary moments, those things that don't make sense. Those things that when we look at them, I say, this is not the way it's supposed to be according to what we know or what we've been taught. And so I'm going to ask you tonight um, uh, to bear with me and to um, believe me that I'm your friend. I am your pastor. Um, and uh, I'm just going to be a little transparent and honest with you as we kind of go through this word tonight. Is that all right? Half of you are like, I think so. The other half of you are like, what in the world is he even talking about right now? It'll get there. I want to start by doing a little bit of an exercise together. Don't worry, Billy. We're not going to do jumping jacks yet. That's for later, okay? <laughs> um, I want to do this, this little exercise that I've put together, and uh, uh, my media team's going to help me out. Uh, Kristen, she, she's going to be on the spot when the time comes. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end up showing something on the screen, and I'm going to ask you to tell me what you see. What is it that's in the image? Just, and listen, let me just tell you something. You're all going to get it wrong, okay? The goal is for you to get it wrong, all right? I don't usually do these things to set you up for success. I usually set them up so that I can, you know, bring the zinger and you go, oh, I see what he did there, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them, um, we're going to put up an image, and I just want you to literally just say it. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to be polite or nothing. Um, I want you to see this image, and I want you to tell me, what do you see? All right, so you can go ahead and throw up the first image. What do you see? Love, beard, yes, beard. <laughs> Tattoo, yeah. Teeth, yeah. Field, yeah. All good stuff, man. Yeah. Man, he's like, man, those eyes are good, Jimmy. Yeah. All right, let's let's see let's see the other image, okay? Um what do you see? Beard, yes. I don't know if there's a beard in every image. I actually I didn't think through that, but there should be if there's not. What else? Tom's dream. That is that would actually be beautiful. That'd be amazing. Yeah. What else? Mountains. Peace. Yes. All good things. All good things. Perfect. Okay. Let's see the next image. Beard. There is another beard. Oh my gosh. Would you say? A puggle. A puggle. There is a dog. A puggle. What else? 
coffee. That mug looks like it's upside down almost to me. The way that handle is so up towards the top, it's a little awkward. I didn't even notice that till now. What else? Anything else? Relaxed. Yeah, reclaimed wood. Yeah. All right, all good. What's the next picture if this guy's got a beard? Oh, 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 oh. I knew it was a guy, and I, I started thinking, maybe he's got a little stubble. He ain't got nothing. He, that's a, that's a, a baby face there. What do you see? Studying. What else? Yeah, there are lots of textures. Concentration. Yep, lots of stuff. Okay. Next image, what do you see? Church. Yeah. Okay. Um, next image. What do you see? Church. <laughs> yeah. Next image. What do you see? Whoa, you guys are starting to catch on, I think. <laughs> You're starting to figure it out. Next image. What do you see? Thank God it doesn't look like that outside right now, right? <laughs> Church. Well, if you haven't figured out by tonight, I'm going to talk to you about church. I'm going to talk to you about church tonight, okay? I'll, I'll, let me tell you something about this. Um, when Bethany and I were looking to launch Real Church, there was um, a church building that was listed for sale. It's less than a mile from here, okay? It is the tiniest church building, one of the tiniest church buildings I have ever seen in my life, okay? It's right over on Dallasburg, okay? I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It used to be the uh, Dallasburg Church of Christ. I know you, Linda would know it. Um, tiny little thing. And when we didn't have a clue where we were going to meet as a church, I was trying to convince Beth that maybe we should go look at this church. And she was like, have you seen the size of this church? There's not a single place to put a child in that church. Like, there isn't. Like, there's a bathroom when you first walk in and then you're in the sanctuary. Like, that's it. That's the whole church. And the sanctuary is probably half the size of this sanctuary. Like, it is, it's a micro church, okay? Um, not quite that small, but Regardless, tonight I want to talk to you about church. And I want to talk about this tonight because for a little while God has been disrupting my view of church. Now, I know that we're real church, right? Um, and God continues to shift my understanding and really what I feel like he's speaking to me about church. And most of you know that when we kind of started this journey and where God has been sending us, um, that it was just with a very clear expectation that we needed to learn how to be fluid as a church, not to be so structured, not to be so rigid, not to have all of the boxes perfectly and everything aligned just the way that we want to, that we need to get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable. And in that journey, God has had us do a lot of interesting things. He told us not to take up tithes. He told us that we need to take one week every month to just rest and be a family together. He told us we need to build our financial structure in such a way to be focused on being boldly generous above anything else. And a lot of those things confuse a lot of people outside of the church and sometimes people inside of the church. <laughs> They're like, I still don't understand how we do this, right? But what God has been stirring in me lately is this entire concept of the church. So this evening, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about church. Amen? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I think it's incredibly important for us to get into this concept of talking about the church because Beth and I, I mean, I'm going to share a lot of different just ideas, concepts, things that God is just stirring up, okay? And so just bear with me. Don't walk away and say he's totally 
lost his marbles. Well, you can say that. Just don't say it to my face, okay? <laughs> you, you can say that. Just try to be nice, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 19 and 20. It says here, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have, God, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. I want to read that beginning again. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? I want to talk about this because there's this, there's this thought that I was having, I was talking through with Beth the other night, that what I've seen so often in the church is we have tried to fall back into the Old Testament church. Okay? Just go with me for a little bit. Okay? We have tried to become more of the Old Testament church than we have become the New Testament church. Why do you say that? Humanity has this constant pulling back that we want to go to what we're comfortable to, right? If you start doing something new or something different, there's this, this urge to go back to what is comfortable. Okay, let me explain this to you. Um, many of you may have seen that for my birthday, I went and bought a new pair of boots, right? I, my, I haven't bought a new pair of boots in 10 years. These boots are amazing, right? I love them. Um, and so I was so surprised when I walked into boot country and they are still selling the exact same model of boot. It was like Christmas. I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was so excited. Last night I get home and I was like, I got to mow the grass. And I looked at Beth and I was like, I want to wear my old boots. <laughs> She's like, why do you want to wear your old boots? We just paid a lot of money for new boots for you to wear. I was like, well, two things. I still got to get them broke in. And secondly, maybe I don't want to get them dirty yet. She's like, that's why we have them. You have to just get over it now. But there was a part of me that just wanted to go, right? I was already familiar. I was already comfortable. It was, they were broke in. Like everything was good. And so I didn't want to necessarily launch out into that. I wanted to just stay in my comfy boots, right? Even though they got holes in them and they're all sorts of jacked up. And I think what happens in the church is what we have seen is that the Old Testament way of church having church, being at church, we gravitate back to that a lot, okay? The reason I showed you those images is because every single time we look at the church as a building. Every single person, now, now listen, I know I didn't prep you for, you know, in the, in the scriptures, what is this when I looked at a person to try to get you to say temple. I didn't want you to say it, okay? I wanted you to feel like you didn't know what you were talking about, okay? It's a little bit more fun for me. But every time there was, an, there was some form of imagery that you could associate to call that a church, right? The building as church. And what has happened is we find ourselves longing for the Old Testament ways when it comes to the church, and some of you are like, no, we don't, we don't do that. But let me tell you, this happens way too often. People look at the pastor as the high priest of the Old Testament, right? They think that they don't have access to the throne. They think they need the pastor to pray for them or the pastor's wife to pray for them. They need someone else to intercede on their behalf because they don't feel like they have the same access, right? Right? 
That's those those are Old Testament ways that are coming out of us, right? The sanctuary, okay, we think about the church in, in general, and you think about the way the Old Testament and the temple was and everything like this. A lot of people would liken maybe the sanctuary to maybe the Holy of Holies and maybe the lobby and the outside as the inner courts and maybe the parking lot as the outer courts. And people are like, I don't ever think like that, right? But you know what's funny is people usually start cleaning themselves up for church outside before they get on the outer church. So if you're arguing, <laughs> If you got an argument going on, you might try to finish it up before you get into the parking lot. Now, I know that Bethany and I never argue on the way to anything, okay? <laughs> Ever, okay? And if she was in here, she'd be nodding her head, right? No, <laughs> no. But before you get to the outer courts, the parking lot, you try to get, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to get focused, like we are going to love Jesus. Maybe like right when you turn on Kazadale, you turn the radio station to something Christian-like, right? <laughs> Bethany will say that to me. I'll be listening to music, and she'll say, um, you know, if we're pulling into someone else's church, she's like, do you think you should change the radio? And I was like, why? <laughs> she's like, well, if, you know, I was like, Why? <laughs> But anyway, I, I like to play that game sometime. Um, but sometimes you, 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 change your, you change your persona, you change your attitude, you change whatever it is once you get into the outer courts. When you get inside, right, you got to start smiling. You got to start looking presentable and acting like you love everybody, even though you want to strangle your husband, okay, whatever it might be. I'm not going to say strangle your wife, okay. But then you get into the sanctuary and there's a different, so we, listen, what I'm telling you is we still do some of the things that were from the Old Testament. We find ourselves gravitating towards that, right? And we have all but forgotten the simplicity of the statement that you are the temple of God. See, God dwells in you. He dwells in you. And that becomes very complex when you start thinking about the cleanup process that you've been doing before you get to the church. <laughs> because it's different, right? It's different because you are the temple. And where this is failing us, this mindset is failing us, is because we're allowing these temples, us, to crumble while we edify and beautify this temple, right? The building. There was a, um, I spoke to a, a pastor friend of mine um, a couple weeks ago and uh, asked him how he was doing, how things were going. And uh, this, this just, it just smacked me in the face, guys. And uh, just go with me here, okay? Um, we're going to get somewhere, I think. And he said to me, yeah, things have been pretty good. Um, he's like, you know, he's like, but, you know, this week we had to talk about whether we were going to pay the mortgage or whether we were going to pay this other thing, and you know, and and I just began thinking, and just just bear with me. My head gets a little crazy out there sometimes. I began thinking about how how much generosity has been tied up into church buildings, right? You think about how much gener how how much more generous Christianity could be if we weren't so busy trying to fund the building and the location. Let me, let me tell you something. The building and the location primarily, okay, primarily is for believers. Let's just be honest. It's for believers. 
More than it is for the people who are out there. Because guess what? The people that are out there that are in their sin, that are in their brokenness, that are in their depression, they're not looking for church. They're looking for help. Right? And the whole time we're making sure we got everything's all together, right, that we can, we can expand this and we can expand that so that we can expand so that we can do what? So that we can serve more Christians most of the time. I told our servantship team um, a few months back, I was sitting down and I was troubled in my spirit. And I said to him, I said, I'm struggling because we see new faces in the church, okay? But I want to see new faces in the kingdom. Those faces typically are already in the kingdom, right? They already love God. And that's great and that's beautiful and there's healing and I get all these different, the different things that happens there, okay? So I'm not discrediting what happens there. But what I said to them is I said, I want people, I want to expand the kingdom of heaven. And so in that, I began thinking about how we need to begin walking this thing out. Because I've told you before, the idea of just dragging someone to church so that they can meet Jesus, listen, that's not it. That's not it. That's not the way it's going to work. That's not the way it's, the picture's painted. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I know, I know the Corinthians just literally in the same chapter, which is weird. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read verses 16 through 18 here. As we think about our temples, as our, our body as the temple of God, okay? Verse 16 says this. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Again, God is saying here that he will make his dwelling among us, right? He will walk among us. People in the church would lose their mind in this sanctuary if I started putting idols up and around, right? I would hope that some people would be like, uh, Pastor Tom, can I talk to you after church? Um, and someone would be like, this is a little cray-cray, right? This has got to go, um, right? Someone would do that, um, yeah, I, you, I might have a mob coming after me. But what sort of idols are lining this temple? See, it's, it's, it's easy to point out and say, whoa, don't do that, when it's something you can see. When it's something that you know shouldn't be there, that's there. But what about those idols that we've got within our own lives, within our own spirits, that we're lining our lives with, what is soaking up our devotion, our time, and our attention? Let me, let me tell you the way I, I thought about this. Um, and I said this to Beth. The church has so often become a place, and I'm not, just go with me, okay? The church has so often become a place that its sole intent is to make other Christians feel better about themselves. Okay, and and let me let me say it this way: 
part of what we do as a body is we do encourage each other and equip each other. I'm not saying that that is, that that is bad, okay? I'm not saying that at all. That's part of being a part of the body of Christ is that we help each other out, right? We're, we're all members um, of one body and so on and so forth. We've talked about this. But sometimes what happens in church is we get caught up licking each other's wounds as opposed to dragging people out of hell. It's easy to do that. It's really easy. You know why? Because a lot of times life is really, really hard, right? We experience difficult things. We experience tragedies. We experience things that we never thought we would experience. And and see, what has happened is this church building, this building, this place has become a place of refuge for us. But sometimes in the church, what we're also doing is we're hiding our own issues as opposed to being vulnerable in them. We want to come into a place where everyone else will care for us and help us so that we can limp over the finish line and make it to heaven. But we're not bringing anyone with us, guys. We're not bringing anyone with us along that. This building, and I'm not saying this for us generally, I'm talking about the church, right? This building, this process can become a security blanket for a lot of people. Because what happens is a lot of people will allow weekly church to replace daily devotion. See, weekly church was never intended to replace daily devotion. You know what I think is amazing is you can read through the New Testament, and if, if you know a spot where he said to do it, let me know. But there was never a spot in the Word where Jesus said, hey, y'all should start having weekly services. That'd be cool. It's not there, right? There's all kinds of crazy things that we have done, right? We have created a pattern for church as we think church should be, how we should experience church. And let me tell you, there are people all over this world that experience church wildly different than we do, especially in the American culture. Wildly, wildly, wildly different. And as I think about this, we have got to stop allowing this, this building, this place, this whatever it is, to replace that. And the problem that we have is there's this blurred vision of the church. And what it does is it disrupts our expectation when it comes to experiencing God. Because we are waiting for an experience with God in a church setting. Really, most of the time, we're, we're waiting for an experience with God in a church setting to make decisions that the Holy Spirit has already told us to do. A lot. Right, a lot of times we wait. You know, I just, I just, I just need to hear from the Lord about this person. I, I really think I need to be with this person, and I know they're evil, and I know they're vile, and I know they don't line up with the Word, and I know they mistreat everyone around them. But I need to hear from the Lord. <laughs> right? We know that there are so many different times where we want to put it to a moment, to an experience, to what. Let's turn with me to First First Kings. Okay, this will make more sense if I read this, I think. Because we are waiting for an experience with God in a church setting to make decisions that the Holy Spirit has already prompted us to make. 1 Kings chapter 19. This will be familiar to many of you. It says, and he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. 
But the Lord was not, say not, in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not, not, yeah, you got it. Let's catch on quick. In the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? We have become, in the New Testament church, we have become so experience-focused that without a moment, that without a shout, without a dance, that we found the nudge of the Holy Spirit to be inadequate for what we should be doing. Listen, we don't have to build up the Holy Spirit within us. You don't have to create, and listen, we don't have to do three songs, four songs, five songs. We don't have to do song after song to wake up the Holy Spirit that's within us. That's not it. That's not the way it works. We have the Holy Spirit within us all day, every day. And it becomes a matter of when do we decide that we're going to lis listen for a low whisper for direction, for clarity, for whatever it is. Because for too long, we've decided that everything that comes from the Lord must be followed by a boom or a bang, or we disregard it. And we never apply it. See, we have an expectation that within these four walls, that this, right here, listen to me, this is where we'll see the Holy Spirit move. And what the problem is, is we're leaning on a building environment to allow that to happen. But the Holy Spirit wants to be working in you continually. It is not supposed to be once a week. It's not supposed to be once a day. It is supposed to be constant in your life. That the Holy, listen, you have developed a relationship with God that you are being led by the Spirit every step that you take, every place that you go. And when you begin to be led by the Spirit in that way, what it does is it changes your perspective of what happens here. Because right now, a lot of people will have a perspective that I'm waiting for something to happen when we get to church. We're the temple. We are carrying the, listen, we are carrying the Holy Spirit with us everywhere that we go. And so if you want to have church, do it wherever, man. You, you don't have to wait till you're off work. You don't have to wait until uh, you get to a building. You don't have to wait for any of that because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. And these Old Testament ways have lured us into this idea that we got to come back to the sanctuary, the inner courts, to have an incredible moment with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? The most amazing moments that I have ever had in my own life, the encounters that I have had with God are typically not in a building like this. It's when I'm alone and I'm reading his word 
and I began praying for revelation. And he began to speak. Listen, it, a lot of times for Beth and I, it's when it's at night and we're sitting in the bed and we're talking. And all of a sudden we start talking about what the Spirit is speaking to all of us. And sometimes we look at each other like, this is just weird and crazy. But you know what we feel? We feel the Spirit of God rising up with us and exciting us and emboldening us for something crazy. Can I tell you, that's how this started, was when we were sitting in our bedroom one night and we began sharing about what God was speaking to us. And all of a sudden, we started getting excited and God began speaking to us. And yeah, there were tears and there's all these things that happened. You know what? We weren't in a building. And we are becoming reliant on the church, the body, to create an experience for us so that we can make the decision that we already know that we need to make. Right, The Holy Spirit is calling to, you, to us every day, every moment, and we keep ignoring this. We want, and we, we sing about these things, we want the pillar of fire and the cloud of glory to follow us around. Right? I know this is a weird word. Just go with me, okay? We still talk about these things and look at these things. And we, listen, I, I went to um, I went to a church service once, and I'm not knocking this at all. This guy came, gave a, a great, great um, uh, story about the work that he was doing um, uh, with uh, overseas and, and sharing the gospel. But the whole thing was built around one thing. The whole experience, all of his travels, all of his excursions, all of his moments were built around one thing. He was trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. That's it. It's all built around this. And he's got incredible stories, incredible pictures, tons and tons and tons and tons of amazing things. Okay? The Holy Spirit's here. Right? Living Guiding, directing, speaking, encouraging, equipping. And we are spending dollars after dollars hunting for things. And can I tell you something? Our, if, if, if he finds this, if he brings this out, those people who are broken in their sin, who are depressed in their addiction, are they going to all of a sudden say, wow, they found that. That's really cool. I now want to fall in love with Jesus, right? I've, I've been in services where we've replicated so many things, and I understand symbolism is an important thing, but can I tell you something? We are, we are running back to things that are not what God has for us today. The New Testament tells us to walk this out. And we keep longing for the old, longing for what was. We, 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 we just can't get our minds off of it. And every time we do that, you want to know what we're doing? I believe that we are causing an offense to the Holy Spirit. Because here is Jesus saying, I'm going to send my spirit in you. And we're saying, we really want to go to the Holy of Holies. And he's saying, you know what, I, my spirit is in you, and I want you to walk in it, and I want you to listen to it. And we're saying, hey, we got to go to this big thing. because we Listen, the thing that's drove me nuts over the last two months, I'm going to tell you what it is, okay? What has drove me nuts is the amount of events that we've done. I, I have said for a long time, we are not an event church. And we haven't. We haven't hosted and built a specific event. And we, haven't, we haven't done anything about that. But you know what I see? Is I see that constantly, 
constantly, constantly in the body of Christ, we are trying to build everything into a building and we are the temple of God. We're the temple of God. We are supposed to walk this out everywhere we go. We keep saying, Lord, come down. And he says, I'm right here. We pray for him to show. He's right here. Like we're, we're missing it, right? We're missing the whole New Testament experience that he intended. There was no prerequisite that the worship songs had to be sung in a certain way. There was no prerequisite that the pastor needed to get up and preach a sermon so we, we can respond and then experience God about that. There was no expectation that we had to wait until an altar call for someone to gum up and lay their hand. Listen, I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but what I'm saying is we've gotten caught up in the experience that we've forsaken the fact that God is in us now. He is in you everywhere that you go, and we are just ignoring him like he's not even there. This is being the New Testament church. Walking in it. Listen, if, 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 the church, if the church could ever get themselves together, and I'm talking about all of us, okay, the body of Christ, could ever get ourselves together and say, you know what, um, we don't need the finances that are associated with the buildings and all of the salaries and all of the s- just stuff, okay? You guys know how, how passionate we are about simplicity. And you know what I said to Beth the other day? I said the last thing that I want is for people to know our church because of how cool the space is. Like, I, I listen, we love our church. We love remodeling. We love, we love the journey. We love all of that. But at the end of the day, if your church is known because of your building or your programs, I, it just, it's wrong. It's just wrong. And there was, this, there was this, just this thing that is in me that I keep looking at what Jesus did. And Jesus never said, hey, guys, now that we've got that figured out, let's build a temple. No. Why didn't he say that? Because we are. We are. We are. And still today, we're building more churches and more buildings. See, I, this, this, is, this, is like, this is a challenging word for me to deliver because I don't fully understand everything that God's speaking to me about it. All right? But what I'm telling you is this, is that within the body, some of the most intimate moments that Bethany and I have in church aren't like this. They're just not. It's small. I, I think of something as crazy. Um, I, li- li- literally, my mind was everywhere as I got through this, okay? I thought about something as crazy as worship practice, <laughs> right? Can I tell you that Tiff, Beth, and I, so many times, so many times would just be somewhere, there would be a guitar, and then we would just start to worship, we didn't, we didn't have to, <laughs> you guys are like, man, this guy is really going all over the place. We, <laughs> we didn't have to figure all this out. We didn't have to figure out transition. We didn't have to figure out patterns. We didn't have to figure out how to make sure that people don't get bored. <laughs> you know what we had to do? Worship the Lord. You know why? Because there was a Holy Spirit that was already in us that was drawing us into these moments of worship with him. 
And so this whole idea of church and this whole thing that God is stirring into me is I, I don't know what he's doing, okay? I think what he's doing is he's preparing something in our, in our hearts because the word that he keeps speaking to me, and I haven't put it up on anywhere because I didn't know how to do it, but is we need to be unchurched. We need to be unchurched. Even in my own way, like literally, as we've, as we've um, had experiences and we've had moments and we've had different people come in and people go and all these different things, one of the things that there's this pressure, okay, there's this pressure that comes on a church that when you get to a certain point, you have to start doing certain things. And you know what I said to Beth the other day? I said, why are we feeling that pressure? Because that pressure isn't the New Testament church. That pressure is the American embodiment of what the church is. We went, listen, uh, last Sunday night, we went to some friend's house. We rode four-wheeler. I said four-wheeler. Yeah, they only had one, okay? I know you were like, his grammar is really bad. We rode Um, (laughs) four-wheeler. We had dinner. And we talked about God. That's what we did. And I said to Beth, I said, you know, that was so much church and fun, <laughs> right? And so what I'm, what I'm coming to share with you tonight is we have to stop waiting on moments and experiences to launch us into what God has for us. And I will tell you this about us as a church and Bethany and I as pastors, as servants to you, all, all that we want is to honor God. That's it. I don't know why I'm crying, but <laughs> that's it. I don't care what it looks like, what it sounds like, what those experiences are wrapped up in and how everyone else says it should look or work because it doesn't matter. We look at the word and we look at what Jesus said and we look at what he did and we said, how much of it are we missing? How much of it are we missing? Because we're waiting for the Holy Spirit to do something crazy in here as opposed to just walking this out because that's it. That's where it's at. And we can, listen, we can do this whole weekly worship thing. Um, Like I said, you guys are really going to be like, man, this guy's lost it. Um, (laughs) But we need to, we need to know this, that we are the church. I told Beth the other day, I said, you know what? I don't, I don't care what happens to the building, right? I, 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 you know, we, we talk about things we want to do, things we want to accomplish, things we want to have, things that we want to get done, right? Good things, noble things, things that people are like, go team. Yes, this is great. People love to see progress. People love to see things. But at the end of the day, if the kingdom of heaven is not expanding, we got to figure it out, right? And I'll tell you right now, this is where it starts, it starts, you know, as, as tiny as that little church is right there in that, in that picture. This, this picture popped up when I was searching for this today. And it looks so tiny, right? It looks just, it's, it's just, 
I mean, maybe four of us in that place, right? Like it's it's a mic. I thought the other thing was a micro church. That's a micro church, right? Um, but you know, I I thought this. I thought a lot of times that's how big the church needs to be to really be the church. See, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to mobilize lots of people. You know that a lot of a lot of big churches struggle with that, um, and they talk. You know, it's funny. Uh, there's so many so many churches that I'm aware of that even I, when I went there, I was like, this church is so big. There's nothing for me here. And can I be honest with you? That's not the truth. That's really not. If you were to ever go to any of those pastors and say, hey, um, I'm really fed, feeling led to, to help in some capacity in this ministry, let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to help you get involved in some way. That's really what they're going to do. It doesn't matter how small the church is or how big the church is because we, we need people to win people to Jesus. But, but can I tell you this? We can fill a lot of holes and a lot of gaps, but if we are not filling the kingdom of heaven, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And so what I believe that the word is, is leading us into and what God is speaking to us today is that we need to recognize that we are the temple of God. If I, I thought about this, I thought about how people would respond if I sent out a text this week to say, hey, you know what, um, just went by the church all the windows were busted and people poured just all sorts of vile, awful things inside of the sanctuary. How would people respond to that? Many people would be outraged. They'd be furious, right? With good reason, right? That's not a good thing to do, right? But many times that's what's happening to these temples all day long. And we're not even phased by it. We've actually become numb to it that we've allowed it to kind of placate where we are with God because it's just the way the world is, right? Just the way that it is. And what I'm telling you right now is that is not the way God wants his temple to be. That is not what he has called for you. That is not what he has for you. He is calling us to be the temple of God. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. We need to stop. We need to stop this process of longing for an experience with God at church. And we need to just long for an experience with God. We need to stop. We need to stop this process of going back to this Old Testament temple and process and high priest and all of that, 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 that history, okay? Not that there's not richness in that history, but guys, you have access to him. And I want you, listen, I want you to get that in your spirit so well. You, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having someone, Bethany would say to me, this is a sermon that you need to throw a lot of clauses out, Tom, <laughs> It's not that it's wrong for someone to pray for you, okay? That's not wrong. It's biblical. It's not wrong for a pastor to pray for you. None of that is is wrong. But where it becomes wrong is when we find ourselves longing for an experience 
in this temple as opposed to an experience with a God who is already in this temple. We need to stop ignoring the calls from the Holy Spirit and waiting for a moment to enlighten us, to let us do it. Listen, uh, I'll hear people say, you know, I'm just, I'm praying about whether God wants me to reach out to this person who needs help. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Well, let me pray about it. No, do it. We will pray about so many things that we will accomplish nothing. We will accomplish nothing.